Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, welcome back to Ausbiz, Australia's only live streaming business and markets channel. Great to have your company as we kick off this Monday afternoon, as usual, with the call 10 stocks that you've suggested us take a look at um, over the next 60 minutes or so. I have a stock of the day and we put them to two experts. Experts probably doesn't describe these two gurus of the share market. I thought you were going to say something else. Yeah, no, no. And thanks for your 20 bucks beforehand. Uh, Gaurav Sodi from Intelligent Investor. Gaurav, how are you, mate? Hi, David. Hey, Nathan. Nathan Somersandaram from Deep Data Analytics. Nathan, good to see you. Nice to be here. Um, have you been following the election? It, does oh, it look, play into your thinking at all, the US election? It's pretty much played exactly how I thought it would. Um, oh. The only difference would... Uh, some of the states were closer than I expected. Uh, um, I think the people get excited and then get, you know, uh, frizzled. Uh, reality is, it is it only comes down to about four or five states. The yeah. rest is relevant in the U.S. Um, but it is it has relieved a substantial stress overall in the U.S. I've, I've got mm. family there, um, and my phones just texting was just going berserk <laughs> yeah. the whole weekend. Uh, I couldn't sleep. Uh, so they in that context, I think it is a it has relieved a lot of the uh, Americans. But of course, there's always because of the polarization of the country, yeah. there's always going to be a third of the country that's going to be angry for a period of time. Yeah. I don't think it clarifies anything. I think the structural problems are still there. Right. But at least we know what we are facing rather than Biden that good being. for markets or bad historically, for or? historically, if you look at um, um, Democrat White House and a Republican Senate. Um, they tend to not do much, but that's good for markets. Right. But I think that, again, you never want to say this time is different, but you are at a historical high multiple yeah. with bond yields at a historical low level, with the pandemic at a historical high level. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot of uniqueness to it. Yeah. So I don't think it's easier saying, oh, you go and buy the market because historically this has done well. Because historically, markets are usually fairly valued or at a discount, so you buy yeah. it. We're in a unique situation, so I think you have to take everything into context and see how things pan out. And, and also, historically, no one ever does a lot of executive orders. Now, policy work is all done on executive orders, so yeah. anyone can do anything. So it does create yeah. a level of uncertainty. Uh, I'm, I'm going to bust that in. No, I, I don't think it matters much at all. Um, markets go up and down regardless of who's in charge. Right. Um, business is very adaptable. Yeah. Uh, investors are adaptable with their pricing and with their expectations. Um, the great thing about capitalism generally, and specifically American capitalism, is that it adjusts to whatever environment you put it in. I think this is one of the great myths of investing, that um, who's in charge matters. I don't think right. it does. The level of interest rates certainly matters. The um, Fed matters. Um, and to some extent, fiscal policy in terms of deficits matter. Right. But I would not pay much attention. As a citizen, this is incredibly important. Yep. 
and welcome back, America. But, but <laughs> as an investor, I, I've, there's a long list of things you want to be worried about before you worry about I think it's, it's yeah. interesting because it's going to change the winners and losers. What we thought under the uh, mix that we had over the last few years, the winners will change. Mm. Because if you, I think again, I don't want to bore too much, <coughs> but you go to the bond yield, bond yields are breaking out. Yeah. Inflation is rising. US dollar is falling. So dynamic is going to change. So you have to look at who benefits out of that. And Gaurav's right, there's always going to be winners, there's always going to be losers. And the capital will mm. flow from one to the other. You just got to be in the right place. Okay. Well, here in Australia, the Reserve Bank says we've got cheap money for three years. Yep. And Amazing. We, we can count on it, which is just a staggering, I yep. think. Yep. I was talking mm. to my adult kids over the weekend. They're going, what do we do? I said, go and borrow as much as you can. <laughs> Good advice. Lock it in. <laughs> Why would you have it in the bank? Mm. Put it into productive assets. Mm. Well, the banks, Don't borrow to blow it. Well, the banks are basically not cutting rates on variable yeah. and cutting on fixed, fixed because what they're trying to do is force you to go towards fixed. Yeah. What they're telling you is rates going to go even lower. Yeah. Because the banks price in everything way before you can. Okay. Do you reckon they'll go lower? I think it's going to, uh, I think five basis points at some point. Yeah, it is, a, it is a good point to bring up that when you're going, when you're making that decision, you're actually going, uh, the other end of that decision is, is, is the bank. Yeah. And you want to be very confident that uh, you're getting a better deal. Right. And when the other guy is the bank, Yep. That level That's of confidence is pretty yeah. low. <laughs> <laughs> Very good point. Mm. Point well made. Mm. All right, before we get into your 10 stocks you've asked us to have a look at, uh, stock of the day, I thought we'd take a look at Jumbo Interactive, the, uh, uh, the um, online lottery business, um, saying its UK acquisition of Gatherwell has already exceeded revenue and profit targets. The acquisition said to be worth over $9 million marks the company's first expansion into the UK. Um, Nathan, Jumbo Interact. Yeah, look, I was supposed to start with, we actually looked at this in my former place, um, right. a couple of former places now, um, <laughs> and we were one of the original players, and mm. uh, it was a great model. They clicked the ticket, it was phenomenally good model. The whole thing was, that was pre-Tattersall Tapcorp merge. Yep. Tattersall was looking at building a competitive play, and the, if they broke the license and they made their own, then these guys basically suddenly have no business. So that was the theory. Yeah. And so we all went, oh, better stay out of this one. And it did well and kept on doing well. And they never built the c competitor. And then Tattersall and Tabcorp merged and Tabcorp became a complete mess. And yeah. so that's kind of played out. And Jumbo has just kept on adding new regions. And they've actually done really well compared to what it was. And then as with anything, people get got excited with all the tech stocks. And this was yeah. one of those ones suddenly became tech because mm. just because you got online. Uh, suddenly you became tech and they shot the lights out. Multiples yeah. ran out and everyone got too excited. And then it's been slaughtered. And then it's recovered. I think it's, it's actually quite interesting here. I don't oh. mind that. Um, and I think there is a play, because I think you've got to look at what's happening with Tapcorp. I think there's, you know, there, there's rumors that there was going to be a, a private equity bid on it. And then they came out and said, that's not in play. But I think, you know, Graves, I've talked about this before, but we always think it should be split. Mm. If it does split, the private equity player with the right part will look at Jumbo Interactive yeah. as a connect-on and become this mm. global player. Now, again, there is a few steps to be played out, and if you're paying a high multiple, then you have a risk. You're not paying, I mean, it is not cheap, but it's not as high as what it used to be. Yeah. You're not buying sky high. So in that context, I think it's actually not a bad play. Any breakup in Tapcorp will then drive serious interest okay. into this. 
So I think there's a number of plays for this one. And I think it's an interesting one. I don't mind it. If you're looking at it on a like for like, this is one that's yeah. still at a discount to its peak a stupid valuation. Yeah. Um, so I think there is upside to it. I think um, there is a um, connection to other pieces that are available that could drive valuation back up. So I yeah. think it's worthwhile. We had one of the MDs a couple of uh, months ago, and, or maybe a month ago on Ausbiz, who, who was saying, hey, we're software developers, <laughs> and we've just built a platform to sell lottery tickets on. And we've done it here in Australia. So um, our, apparently our percentage of buying lottery tickets online is higher than any in the world. Mm. We want to take it to the US, UK and Europe to do the same thing there. So they're, they're saying they're a software as a service business, it's more a, than a lottery business. It's amazing how the story changes <laughs> <laughs> to suit the climate. Yep. Um, SaaS is huge now, software is huge now. So every business wants to describe themselves as a SaaS That's business right, yeah. to get those multiples. When we first came across Jumbo Interactive at a dollar something, when we actually bought it for the fund, for our small cap fund at a dollar something, um, it was a struggling international lotteries business. It had um, a loss making business in Germany and one in the Americas, and it was actually bleeding cash. And, um, and we thought, well, if they sold all that, the, Ameri the Australian business is actually super profitable. Um, and that's exactly what they did. And we got out at $4 something and thought we were geniuses and didn't really yeah. have the imagination to see what this might ultimately become. And you know, it shows you that, that you can do your numbers and um, you can have a, have a nice investment thesis. But um, one of the best tools you can have in your analyst kit is just an imagination. And we, we lack that in this case because this thing absolutely took yeah. off. And I would call this a mistake on our behalf, even though we tripled our money on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, they then moved from being a global lotteries business to a purely Australian business, and now they're moving um, from that to being sort of a software business. Now, you can be cynical about those narrative changes, and I am cynical about those changes, but there's also some truth to them. Um, Tabcorp, um, their uh, online partner, has flexed their muscles and pretty much ripped a lot of the economic benefit away from Jumbo Interactive, and that's why the price has collapsed. Right. Because the Tabcorp has just shown who holds the power in that relationship. It's not yep. the reseller, it's the owner of the property. And, and the economic benefits have shifted to the property owner. So these guys are now left with a fragile Australian business and some pretty nifty software that they're trying to build um, an international business that replicates what they did here. It's a great idea. Management's actually quite good here. Mm. Right. Uh, um, they've got skin in the game, a good track record. Um, they try things, which I like. They try things and fail, which is fine, but they yep. try things. And I think this is a reasonable bet. For me, I wouldn't be taking that bet just now. Right. Um, I would want to see some evidence of, of traction before um, I start valuing that software side for, at, anyth at anything. And at the moment, you might think, well, the share price is down, but I would say it ought to be down because they've, they've mm. demonstrated that their business is worth less. Um, okay. So for me, this is a hold. Right. Um, definitely one for the watch list and watch those software sales and see if they gain traction. Yeah. Is it a buy for you or a hold? Oh, look, I'd, I'd be a buyer um, right. simply because the overall um, sectors that it, or the stocks that have been compared to over the years, yes, it has, business has come off yeah. and we can see the weakness in the business. But again, I think I always like models that are proven. Mm. They know what they're doing and yeah. they have that experience. And it's a bit like why we like New Zealand stocks because they're tested in a small market and then they go out and you go, well, they know what they're doing. It's just a matter of getting scale exactly. and getting the yes. customer. And that's what these guys are in. Right. So in that context, 
it's a much better bet than yeah, going for a, a tech that you don't know. Mm. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. you know, it's like Audio Pixel, for example, a classic, you know, great, supposed to be the story about the best technology in sound. I'm waiting, I'll probably retire by the time that thing proves <laughs> itself. But in, in reality, it could, but yeah. when it does, it becomes a story. Sure. To, you know, being execution. And this is, they know how to execute. Right. You know, so for me, those hmm. are the texts that you want to follow okay. because they've executed. All right. Uh, let's get into the 10 stocks you've asked us to uh, analyze and Gaurab. Um, uh, Lee wants a view on Qantas, hmm. big Australian. Uh, flights haven't been going anywhere for a while, now starting to get back hmm. in the air a bit, at least domestically. Yeah, this is very controversial in the team. I actually brought this up a couple of weeks ago and was laughed out of the room. Um, no one in the team is interested in buying Qantas, but I'm still going to slap a buy on it. I, I think this is the best reopened play available. Ah. Um, and I actually think this is a reasonable quality business. And most people who are used to quoting Buffett and just following everything he does blindly yep. will chuckle at that suggestion. But hear me out. Um, the domestic business is actually responsible for most of their profit. And that is a monopoly or at worst a duopoly. Yep. High returns on capital, um, very little competition and big with barriers a, with to competition. With a weaker competition now. Absolutely, yeah. Yep. And they and you know people think they're being irrational by cutting prices and acting so aggressively with competitors. What they're doing is flexing. They're showing any potential competitor around the world that you better be prepared to lose a lot of money if yep. you want to come into this and threaten our, our monopoly. Um, and I think that's absolutely the right strategy. Um, management here is very good. Mm. Um, that domestic business is complemented by what may be one of the best businesses in Australia, which is that frequent flyers business. Yep. It is a license to print money. It actually costs you almost nothing. And you sell these points at zero cost and you just watch the revenue flow in. Yeah. Tremendous business. Um, again, a knee monopoly. Um, or I think there's about 80% um, of the popul adult population has a card, yeah. as a, is involved in that frequent flyer scheme. It's astonishing. Um, the international business is actually the worst part of the, <laughs> the business, <laughs> but it is almost inconsequential at this price. You don't okay. need that. To, uh, once we start opening up, and in particular, once shopping malls and um, and regular commerce starts opening up a bit more and you get trade in that um, in the frequent mm. flyer business I think you'll see so this is a, a better again. leverage in travel than say webjet flight center corporate travel all the other ones people get I think about. so because there's less competition here um, right. I think there's okay. also some question about the uh, long-term viability of some of those businesses flight center for example um, there's questions about the long-term profitability of corporate travel yeah. and Webjet. Sometimes I don't even understand what they're doing. Um, so, okay. And Sid Sydney Airport, let me throw that in there as well. Yeah. In the future, that's a great asset and we own it. But in the future, they're going to have to run with less debt. And in the past, a lot of their excess return has come from leverage in the balance sheet. Okay. So if you're buying that today, understand that your return is going to be lower in the future regardless of what happens. Okay. Martin, Qantas? I think Grab's covered it quite well. The international part for me is years away, turn mm. around, because most of the regions are just badly handling the pandemic. Um, I don't think yeah. that's going to... I mean, yes, you could get a vaccine. Yeah. And when, when that does happen, sure, this will be a good start. Um, and also, in the international side of things, Qantas always has competitors who are just paid by the government. I mean, mm. they're just subsidised by government business. Yeah. So it's a tough play at the best of times. Um, I don't think... It's a great business. Warren Buffett 
I, d I never want to quote Warren Buffett yeah. because usually when people quote that, I want to hit him. Um, <laughs> but generally, when people, you know, even mm. he went into airlines, mm. made a bad call, and then jumped out. Um, but I, I think Qantas is interesting because it's the best house in a crap street. Yeah. Right. Airlines industry is bad. The macro is crap. You just don't want to be there. It's just disastrous everywhere, right? But Qantas is probably one of the better ones out of that. Yep. And so you do have an advantage. It reminds me of what happened with uh, Baby Bunting. Yep. When you're the last man standing, you have a fair advantage because <laughs> when everything blows up, you, you know, yes, there's going to be volatile, there's going to be prices dropping, but then when the things recover, you're on the run. So Qantas could benefit out of that. I think that's not a bad play. I still like Auckland International Airport with the development side with better. The with the property side. Exactly. Yeah. Has a bit more leverage and I think New Zealand does well on the tourism mm -hmm. side. So I think that's why I would like them better. Um, I think the interesting one for me is how the human psychology turns out after the pandemic. Um, look, we are seeing breakouts of different uh, pandemic or mini pandemics every three to five years. Mm -hmm. So this is not going to go away. I think this is something people get used to. Yeah. People, will there be less people in the offices? That's going to be the standard. There's less traveling. People are used to now doing Zoom calls. People are used yep. to doing, uh, and there, there's a reason why Facebook, Google, um, Amazon, everyone's investing so much in virtual reality, because that will be the future platform. Now, when you get to those things, people will travel less, a lot less, but they'll probably travel more for uh, entertainment. Now, that mix will change things, but I think Qantas, again, as Gaurav said, the domestic business holds up quite well, and yeah. I think that's kind of the buffer. So I don't mind Qantas, but I'd probably lean towards um, Auckland International Airport. But in saying that, both of them look pretty good to me here. Um, the travel agencies, I still think people are getting too excited too quickly yeah, because I, I just can't see how you can open okay. up a lot of those global okay. regions. So yes or no on Qantas? I'm a yes. Okay, Ooh. perfect. All right. Um, well, that's a good kickoff. Both of them agree on something, which is really <laughs> unusual for the first time. Uh, take care of that, Lee. You've broken new ground, which was fabulous. Um, let's... Uh, um, who have we got? Hannah now. Uh, who wants a view, Nathan, on Family Zone, which is a, uh, um, a cyber safety platform for families that schools go and in schools and sort of uh, protects kids. Um, not only in schools, but also your family networks as well. That's right. Yeah, interesting business. Yeah, I mean, we've been following this for a while. I, I really like the business. I, I really like the management uh, because uh, yeah. they tend to not want to, uh, not there for the pump the story concept. Because, right. I mean, it's a bingo word right now. If you can yeah. use cybersecurity um, and you go work from home, stay, you know, kids study from home, these are perfect thematics to play with. Yeah. But management doesn't actually go out there and pump the story. You just sit there and go, why not? Um, they're actually doing really well in expanding their market in the US. They, so they're out there uh, okay. pitching to different different uh, states and getting more schools onto the platform. So it allows not only the schools, but the parents to control the, mm. the access to things. Um, so which is really good and it's a really good software. And I think as a tech in that area and given the amount of money the governments are putting into that area, inevitably I think they will get support as well from the government to do this. So these guys are early, they're already getting the um, traction, uh, they are proven product. I think it's a really good quality stock and, um, and management's, um, mm. you know, I think it's pretty good quality as well and I think this will go far. Um, again, early in the story, yes, it's had a, a decent run, but you know, it, it, this is very early in the story. It's a small cap, so you've got to remember okay. the risk you're taking, but I think it's a really so good yes thing. Yes, Okay. 
time. Yeah, this is interesting. I've not come across this before. Yeah. Um, I, I think Nathan may have mentioned this to me once or twice, and I haven't looked at it yet. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it is interesting. Yeah, I agree. I, I'd definitely put this on the watch list. Um, I really like their um, market strategy here. So they're not just trying to flog software and report higher sales. Um, they, they, they're building a genuine um, customer base and, yeah. um, and market strategy. So they're going directly to schools, they're building agreements with enterprises, and the software allows um, a huge additional reach beyond that. So that then parents and students themselves have to pay um, uh, recurring revenues to access um, yeah. the control uh, mechanisms. It's really clever, uh, and there's a, clearly a very large market for it. I, would, I know they're earning revenue now, but this is almost pre-revenue, it's a very early stage. Right. I, I, it, it's interesting, if you're a high-risk investor, I think this is an okay spec buy. Um, but for most investors, I think this is just a, a, a wait and see for now. Right. Um, I'm certainly on my watch list now, that's okay. interesting. It's a 200, almost $200 million company, should be wow. said, earning you know, no, no revenue, really. So and, and, and the guys, are, they, they don't come out there and go, oh, you know, as I said, you can use bingo words, but they actually come out, you know, we're looking at this school, we're looking at yes. this school, this is what we're doing, and yeah. then we do it. And it's just a gradual, as, as Gaurav said, they're just adding market share. So just grabbing market share. Which is the right thing to do. Exactly. Especially yeah. when that thematic really hasn't gone to that, the yeah. schools and that kind of area yet. Yeah. And I think that inevitably will. Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, it's every, every parent's big fear about your, your kids online. And that's great. If you play to people's, people's yes. fear, people greed, people's greed, yeah. um, that's a very handy business model. Yeah. You spend more on your kids than you do on anything else. Oh, yeah. yeah except your pets, probably. No. <laughs> yeah, um, all right. Uh, Gaurav Rob wants a view on Pack Group, the uh, mm. uh, packaging company. More in that rigid plastic and metal packaging, isn't it? Sort of drinks and drink bottles and things like that. Yeah, the, the premier packaging business in Australia is Amcor. Yeah. And um, I, I don't think we own it now, but we owned it coming into the pandemic and we've owned it for years. Right. Um, very high quality business and people might not know that packaging actually it's not just cardboard boxes there's actually a lot of innovation if you think okay. of your supermarket a lot of the product innovation is actually in the form of the packaging yeah. um, a division of Amcor actually invented the twisty top that you get on wine bottles oh, rather yeah. than the cork right. that is tremendous innovation I don't even buy a cork anymore if yeah. I see it in there oh, I'm yeah. out of there and similarly um, you know getting a squeeze uh, uh, yogurt in squeezy containers, um, single servings of, of cheese, all, all these sort of things. These are packaged lead innovations. So these are actually, they're not as lousy as a business as, as you might think. Mm. And you can again see that from the return profile. Return on capital, return on equity is reasonably good in these businesses. Um, this one has an, a reasonably good um, record uh, over the long term. It's going through a bit of a patch at the moment. Um, I guess my issue really here, and the, the reason the share price is languishing, is the balance sheet. It has, this is what, a six, eight hundred million dollar business with a billion dollars of debt. Oh. Um, and uh, you know, these companies can handle some debt. I'm not suggesting they should be debt free, but geez, that's a lot. Yeah. And I would suggest the market is pricing in some sort okay. of uh, equity raise here. Right. I, if, in my view, Amcor is a better quality business than this, and I would prefer that any day. But this is okay. Um, okay. I would wait for the cap raise and then have another yeah. look at it um, because this, the balance sheet is too much debt. Um, and the returns, by the way, the returns in this business come from its balance sheet. The actual return on the physical assets in the business are tiny, so 3 4%. Right. 
once you add the leverage in there, then you get returns of sort of twenty percent or so. Okay. So it's important. The what the structure of the balance sheet is important to your returns. Mm. Um, wait it, wait it out. Okay, Nathan. Um, look, you've got three people in that space. Amco is the best. Um, Aurora ORA is probably the second. Pact is number three. Um, if you put it in order, um, Graph's right. Um, the big thing I, I always worry about is you when you're trying to pick the guy who's bottom mm. end of the mm. the chain in that uh, pecking order you can be there for a while um, yeah. and you really have to trust management to turn it around and the fact that it's down there tells you the management didn't do so well so you're betting on guys who haven't done well to do well in the future which is not a good betting strategy um, so I always go with go with the guy who's doing well because till he gets it wrong he's going to keep right. outperforming so you um, prefer Amco is the I actually have it in a couple of my models, especially on the yield ones. It, you know, it's done well after mm. the pullback. It's back near its highs, but it's it's worth it. Yep. You know, it's like the Maybelline ad. <laughs> it's <laughs> worth it. Um, but in, in saying that, the, the big kicker for some of these guys is because of the leverage and the mm. debt, they divest and they yeah. sell assets. And the market will love it. Every time they do it, you'll get a pop. So that's your positive catalyst. Yeah. Um, packed, I mean, our ORA did that previously. <coughs> And that's a split out of Amcor. So um, again, I don't mind it. I think it's not a bad play. It's a good sector thematic. I think the macro is positive for them. So it's in the right areas. But yeah, I, I'm one of those people, where uh, I mentioned it for another stock before. It's one of those ones where you want to see these guys actually deliver mm. and put some numbers on the board and then you go into them yep. because they are cheap. So okay. you, can, you should be willing to wait till they actually deliver a set of numbers. Okay, all right. Uh, Maitam, Phil wants a view on Globe International. These are the uh, uh, skateboard uh, brand and also uh, streetwear. They have their five business divisions are called Globe, Salty Crew, Hardcore Distribution, Forefront and FXT. So your kids will know exactly what it's about. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it's not only skateboards, it's fashion. I must admit when parents say to me, Oh, I want to get my kids interested in the share market. I say, well, sort of get them following companies like Globe that they understand and take an interest and probably wear or buy their products and they'll understand it a bit. What, what do you think? Yeah, about it's like it's like why people, everyone buys Apple. Yeah. Um, I think it's a I think it's an interesting brand. Um, I think it's a good play. Um, it's doing well. Uh, looking at the numbers, I mean, they actually pay a pretty decent dividend. Yeah. Um, you get a decent uh, dividend sitting on it, and it's been pretty consistent so through the cycle. So yeah. they're not uh, stuffing up. So the only thing that works against you, it is relatively small. It's about an 80 million market cap. It's not very liquid. So you've got a few people in there. So if market wobbles and they want to get out, this thing could move around a bit. Yeah. But, you know, the management's done well. I think it's not a bad play. I, you know, in the retail space, the biggest thing that we've seen is the online models, the guys who do well, continue to do well. The yeah. guys who don't do well, continue to do badly. Yeah. So there's no point betting on the turnaround story, bet on the guys who are doing consistently well. So this is one of them. And okay. so I'm, I'm more than happy to buy into it, but you have to understand the risk you're taking that it would be volatile because it's illiquid. Well, which is what you saw from that one year graph, the yeah. big block. So it doesn't trade much and then someone likes it and it goes up. What do you think, right? Uh, yeah, look, um, it's too small for us to cover at Intelligent Investor, but yeah. um, I actually own this um, uh, personally. I, I think this is a really interesting business. Um, 
It was founded by two uh, surfing champions um, decades ago as Globe, and, and they, when asked, they said the reason they founded the business because they didn't want to work and just wanted to surf all day. Right. So they figured out a, a way to do that, and that yeah. was via creating Globe. And it was originally a sort of a distributor, got its own brand and own products. When it listed, it actually, I think it had a market cap of close to a billion dollars at one stage, and now wow. it's like an $80 million Jesus. business. Whoa. So the brand, the main brand Globe is a bit tired, and is not the um, tier one property it used to be. Right. And I think the most investors ignore it for that reason. But inside of this business, there are actually several other brands. Um, the company's got a very good record of um, creating brands from scratch um, with, with nothing. The, the, I think the best division in here is um, a business called FXD, which uh, right. is function by design. It's a workwear um, uh, that makes workwear for, for tradies and for construction workers, oh. but you know, with, with, with skinny legs and, um, and right. better sort fits. Sort of fashion workwear. Exactly, right. fashion workwear yeah. instead of King G's. And, and that business is doing terrifically. Oh. As I said, it's sort of buried in this a little bit of a, um, a collection of brands, yeah. but I think that business alone is worth most of the market cap. Oh. And the other um, real gem they've got in here is they, they, they just a couple of years ago started a roller skates business called Impala. Now, I spent a lot of the weekend um, watching the launch of new Impala skates on Instagram. Within 30 minutes, they were all sold out. Within 30 minutes. There is a genuine um, oh. customer love of some of these brands. Impala is hot at the moment. Oh. And I think it's worth, um, again, it's completely mis misvalued or... Um, ignored inside right. the structure um, and I would say that that skating tends to come in cycles yeah. and over the last few years the cycles have been on the low side and it's now starting to come back okay. and and I think you'll see when they report in February the company has been suggesting that results are going to be very good cash flow is great management has a very good allocation record own a lot of stock. I think this is a sleeper hit. Um, it's not, buy it's not covered by anyone. It's not so covered you, by yeah, anyone. So you yeah. don't get their airtime. And so, also, so it's had to jump to a dollar ninety nine. Yeah. yeah. So would you buy it at a dollar ninety nine or wait for it to? For it, um, no, you don't need it. Did you bring yeah. bring up that one year chart? Because just in the last couple of weeks, it's had a big jump up. Yeah. I think they. I think they upgraded uh, when they at their AGM. Um, yeah. ah, right. There's some okay, very good numbers coming out. Right. Even when they reported in August, there's some very good numbers coming right. out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that's. I think you'll see in the next couple of years that the this business is going to dramatically improve. The sales momentum behind Impala yeah. is just coming through into the cash flow now. I love these situations where you get a market narrative. The market narrative is that Globe is a tied brand. Yep. It's yeah. true, actually. Yeah. But then you've got this um, this other the reality. coming through. Yeah, and yeah. that's hidden from the market, and okay. so it gets priced incorrectly. Is it because they can because they've already got that certain customer base? It's easier for them to build a new brand that's related because you can you know you can show the customer because they already have it. They come to you for it. Most of these kids are going to be online, uh, yeah. connected, most yeah. of the marketing. So it's easy to sell them the Impala and then say, you know, this is the Impala next. And you kind of get them used to it of like six months on online. And then suddenly you launch it and suddenly people jump on. So if you've got a successful brand in a related field, you can add more brands. So that's probably there. And you get good at it. I mean, yeah. there's, there's a skill in this. Once you build marketing. a brand, you get better at doing it again. Yeah. The final yeah. thing I'll say about it is that um, they used to sell their products through retail distributors, through retail channels, I should say. Um, they're now selling most of their product online. So they are now capturing for the first time the retail a retail market. margin mm -hmm. and a wholesale yeah. margin. And that has not come through in the numbers. And, yeah. 
and not to mention yeah. the uh, the database. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, leveraging off. Yeah. So yes, from both of you. Yes. yes. Okay. All right. Mm. Um, they agree too much. I know. Yeah, what's, going, what's going on here? Clinville Pharmaceuticals, the uh, yeah. um, the skin disorder company. Yeah. Look, I've I've said a few times that um, these drug businesses require a level of um, sophistication and knowledge about the underlying medicine or the condition. Yeah. I don't have that, but we have a science guy who's very good at it, um, at Intelligent Investor. And, and we've actually got a buy on this at the moment. I don't think we've got enough funds right now, but it is a, it is a buy. Um, they're doing a, a, a treatment for skin pigmentation. Oh. And um, I, I, I don't know, I can't remember whether it's past um, phase three trials yet, but um, our guy reckons it looks very promising. Okay. Um, it's, the, the, it's completely absent. Success in that, with that dr treatment is completely absent from the share price. So you've got um, a payoff mismatch here. Um, I think the downside here is pretty low. And if things work out, you've got a very big upside. That's the kind of payoff structure you're yeah. looking for with this yeah. sort of business. And so, I, I, again, I'll, I'll go buy on this one. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting one because of the risk return, as Gaurav said. Um, it, it, I always compare biotech stocks to mining stocks. Mm. You're punching a hole and you take the risk. If it comes out, bang, you're gone. So you want to be there before people get excited. You have that, what I call a whoosh moment. Yeah, yeah. When things happen yeah. and people get excited and the share price goes bang. Um, that hasn't happened to Clenlivell yet. And I think that's the interesting part about it. Um, they do have a few things uh, in the fire at the moment, mm. as Gaurav said. So it is, it's an interesting sector overall. The stem cells thematic is actually quite positive. Globally, the trend is quite good. Um, but a lot of them have linked themselves to COVID because it's a bingo word at the moment. Yeah. Um, but generally the skin side of things are doing quite well. And so uh, look, I think around these levels, it's a good risk return bet. Okay. But again, you're not putting a lot in it, but I yep. guess it's a high risk investment, but I, I think it's a good bet. Okay. Let's uh, recap the first five stocks and stock of the day, Jumbo Interactive stock of the day, a yes from mate that I hold from Gaurav. Qantas, both of uh, the guys like Qantas at these levels. Um, uh, Matham also is putting Auckland International Airport in there because of the property play. Uh, family Zone, a yes from Matham, a watch from Gaurav. Pack Group, no from both in that sector. Both Gaurav and Matham prefer Amcor. Globe, a yes, and a, a yes from Clitabel as well. Um, here at the call, we track our own portfolio since the 1st of July. Any stock that gets uh, two thumbs up goes into the portfolio, like uh, Globe and Qantas and Clinable. Uh, let's see how they're performing. Over the last week, up four and a quarter percent. The monthly return, up a percent. <laughs> and year to date, since the 1st of July, up 16%. Now, if any stock comes back in that's in the portfolio and doesn't get the thumbs up well, then it goes out. But uh, some of the stocks that have been added recently, Electro-Optic Systems, Appen, and after our ETF special that we did here on the call, the Global Technology, the Video Gaming and Esports, and the China New Economy ETFs have gone in. Ones that have come out, uh, Link Administration and Novanix. Um, if you want to see what's in the portfolio, go to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio, we'll keep tracking it. Uh, coming up on the polls, medtech firm Rezap uh, has partnered with European company Medgate to bring its telehealth services to Europe. Uh, Chief Executive Tony Keating joins us to discuss the new deal 
and the opportunity it represents. That's at 1.45 Eastern Daylight Time. All right, uh, let's get into your second five stocks. And George, what a stock to bring up to kick off the second half of the call. Uh, Nathan, Treasury Wine Estates, the uh, the big wine company that's been sold off and sort of gets a glimmer of hope and uh, is caught up in uh, the China trade deal, uh, trade issues at the moment. What do you think of Treasury? Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not well... <laughs> Where, whenever he starts with a... No. Oh, that's not a good sign. Well, it's, it's not well treasured. Let's put it that way. Um, oh, dear. It's, uh, I had to go there. Um, it, it had problems beforehand. Uh, the China thing is the, the latest nail on the coffin. It's had problems before. Management somehow finds stockpile issues, uh, too much supply and not enough demand in different regions over time. This is one that's had a lot of problems. It's not your classic play. So, you know, the, the best one in the food cycle that has played the China thematic is obviously A2 milk. Yep. A few months ago for us, that turned out to be a sell. Um, and it's played out and then the China thematic came through and that's hitting them as well. So if you think about that's the best one and that's having problems, this is not the best one and it has problems. And they played, they even went to the point of trying to play the wheel split the pen falls and we'll discuss that in 18 months time. And it's like, (laughs) what? Um, Yeah, so you knew that they were struggling for thematics to for the people to buy your share and they're coming up with you know, reason why you want to hold us because we might split. Um, yeah, that's that always scares me. And yeah. and for me, even now, we just don't have clarity, yep. and the numbers don't stack up for you yet. Um, so I think you want to. You, there are a number of things that you can play for the China exposure, and for me, right now, the numbers massively stack up for mining stocks, and mining services does not stack up for the food thematic at this oh, point. Okay. And treasury wine, just on a stock level, the numbers just don't stack up. Yeah, here is a good example, um, a good warning uh, about chasing stocks that look like they're growth stocks, but they're actually cyclical stocks. Yeah. Um, and it's a company that had everything going for it at 19 bucks. Um, you know, wine mm-hmm. sales were rising, but people forget that this is a cyclical and faddish business. Sometimes yeah. brands just mm-hmm. get into fashion and just as quickly they come out of fashion. Yeah. And I think um, you know the, the company will explain all sorts of things, but I think the explanation is is relatively simple. I mean, yes, they have had external external problems with their exports to China, and I don't know how that's going to turn out. That's actually a big problem for yeah. them. It's a big problem for a lot of stocks. Yeah. But this is a very difficult business. I mean, think about the uh, capital cycle in wine. You know, you have to invest upfront in vineyards. Uh, yeah. You've got to wait and sit and get to wait it out for years until these things mature, and then you've got to try and sell them when there are thousands of other wine sellers doing exactly the same thing, yeah. many of them doing it for the love of it, not for profit. Yeah. It is and a tax, tough business. Yeah. Or, 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 well, I'm, I'm being more generous <laughs> yeah. than you are, probably. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people and, in there. And interestingly, a lot of people now are moving to gin because it's, it's a shorter, yeah. trick, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's a shorter uh, time frame from yeah. capex yeah. to revenue. Yeah, you're right. And, and so that's, that's telling you as well, because historically people go towards wine industry, but now they're moving towards gin and other um, mm. lower, si- lower time cycle yeah. um, playing the alcoholic drinks. So yeah. in that context, that tells you where the thematic is as well. Right. It really put me off that management 
um, just raise this false yes. idea that they're going to split treasure, and clearly they had no intention of doing it. Yeah, they had nothing thought out. They just popped it out there. Yeah, that's yeah. like it, you're, you're dating a supermodel and go, oh yeah, I think I might break up with her in about eighteen <laughs> yeah. months. You got one brand, yeah. and you're going, I might divest that, then I'll be really crap. Yeah. Uh, and you got. Mm, but the reason they did it. that was to get the share price yes. up. Yes. Yeah. And it absolutely. just the company with management sitting around obsessing about their share price, it just puts me off. I'm yeah. not in. I, look, there is value here. Um, yeah. And my suspicion is um, someone will come up and do it for them. There is that, that, that um, sorry, what's the brand called, Nathan? Penfolds. Penfolds, um, yeah. Penfolds has value yes. and yeah. it is not being recognized here. I, I think this is a sitting duck takeover, but with management like this, I'm not all that interested. Okay. No. All right. Uh, Bill wants a view on Deterra. Um, I'm getting really recent listing mm. and holds the mining royalties for uh, for a couple of mineral plays BHP's iron ore operation or one of the areas area C and WA I hadn't followed it much but it's an interesting way so all it does is hold mineral uh, mining royalties no oh, David I spent the last four years obsessing over this royalty um, ah. this is maybe the best asset in Australia um, and I don't say that. This is lightly. the best asset in Australia. Maybe it's the best asset in oh. Australia. Um, hear me out. Um, yep. So Iluca years ago um, struck a deal with BHP. They held ground in a WA um, mineral resource province called Mining Area C, so, MAC. Yep. Um, and they struck a deal with BHP to let BHP mine that area, um, but they would collect a 1.23% royalty on the revenue of anything BHP mined. Right. So BHP is currently mining 55 million tonnes of iron ore at 140, 140, $160 yep. million, $60 a tonne, a lot of um, revenue. And I, Iluca was collecting 1% of that revenue. Now, Iluca itself is a mineral sands business, yep. the world's largest, lousy, but there was this royalty in there. Mm. So um, a lot of investors were agitating to get this royalty out because it yep. would be worth billions if it was listed individually and the value was not recognized inside Iluca. So finally it's been done. Um, they gave it a weird name. So this, was the, this was their penfolds. Um, this is much better than penfolds. <laughs> the beautiful thing about a royalty is you sit there and you just watch just it come in. You don't have to yeah. do, it costs you nothing. You must pay the taxes, but that's fine. You get franking credits for yeah. it. They have, they have a largish board. I'm a bit, they have like six people on their board for sitting there collecting yeah. royalties and then distributing them. That seems like a lot of people. So Illumina has three people. Paperwork. Yep. This is. Um, yeah, that aside, um, and, and, I'll, and I'll get to that in a second, um, this is a terrific business. That What makes it even better is that BHP is 80% through an upgrade of mining uh, Mac, and they're actually oh. going to lift, they're going to about triple their production rate. Um, and it looks like uh, this thing, uh, the, the royalty okay. is about to triple. Um, okay. The downside, and the reason we don't own it currently, is that I think it's fairly priced at the moment. Iron right. ore prices are stupidly high. Yeah. Most good miners are making triple figure rates of return, triple figure. And um, these guys in their infinite wisdom have decided to become a house of royalties. So what right. they've said is we're gonna go out and, and purchase royalties. And get other royalties, yeah. No one in their mind, right mind will sell a royalty because it costs you nothing. The yeah. only reason you'd sell it is if you, Someone's someone offers you a dumb price. Yeah. Right. So in English, all they've said is we're gonna pay a dumb price for international royalties. Right. And I just, this is such a shame. We spent years pining over this royalty, right. it finally gets released, only to be in the clutches of ambitious but that's, management. That, that's, yeah. the, that's the psychology for management. Yeah. Like if you, it's a game theory. 
if you give management that uh, I, you get paid a good ticket for doing nothing, can I make that ticket double or triple by getting <laughs> yes, two more? Right. Yeah. I suppose and you're right. And the reality right. <laughs> is you've got one yeah. real good goose that's laying golden eggs. I can leverage some of that and dilute it slightly by buying a few more and make my ticket a lot bigger, right. but I'm probably going to dilute the profit profitability of the whole overall structure. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to do that. <laughs> so it's, a, it's, it's one of those things where, yes, it was a good idea and you got the benefit out of it on the float, if and graphs exactly right if you if you allow them to do what they're going to do yeah, they're going to dilute great. it down right? right so in that context your good time is now if they buy something and everyone gets excited oh yeah. flick it i think they'll be taken yeah, out though this is too good saying it's too expensive now anyway. no it's not too expensive oh, it's fine okay. um well it depends what your return profile is so at current prices at the expanded production rate um yeah. it's yielding and assuming they pay out they pay taxes and they pay out 100 percent of profits which is yeah. policy as as yield um they're yielding that nine percent, fully and franking on top of that at, at at current spot prices. At my long-term assumption prices, about seventy percent. At the expanded production rate, they're yielding five to six percent, fully franked. It's still okay. Still good. But what okay. you have to deal with is the risk of misallocation of capital. Okay. okay. Um, if you're happy with that, then this is still okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yes. From both of you. I think for this right, market, right, it's fine. Fine. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, mm. Nathan, uh, Aurelia Metals, mm. um, gold, mm. copper, lead and zinc. Yeah, um, it's, it's one of those once were market darling. Um, yeah. It was one of those every small cap fund manager uh, wanted him for the copper player. Um, it was good till it's not. Um, mm. And you have a few issues and bye bye. Yeah. Copper has been one of those plays where it's you just look at the copper stocks in Australia, it's just a trail of damage. <laughs> Apart from Osmin, it's just dead bodies everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And everyone finds, it's just amazing how many things go wrong with this thing. Mm. You just sit there and go, stop it. And they just keep doing it. And Osmin is the only clean player. And guess what? It's a bit like aristocrat Ainsworth. Osmin trades up there, everyone else trades down there. Right. And there's a reason for it, because they find dead bodies. Now. Okay, this one's got a ho over a hundred million dollars in cash. Yeah, I know. And no debt. <laughs> yeah, I know. But the the reality is, you're you're playing into the thematic of how management's track record of delivering to right. expectations, and this hasn't quite lived up to it. Okay. Um, Sandfire is the other one, and yep. Metal X is the other blown up category. Oh, geez, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a few. I know. There um, are a few, aren't there? Yeah. I think this is not too bad. Now, the positive news is the macro side of it for copper is interesting because. The Chinese are, in theory, going to restrict Aussie copper. Right. We don't put a lot of copper in there, but it's still going to be restricted. The, the Chinese buyers are trying to jump ahead of that and buy as much as they can. So mm -hmm. there is a jump up in copper prices that's playing right. out in the short term. So a lot of these copper stocks should get a bounce out of that. Uh, but if you're looking at it over the longer term, I think the track record for Osmin is so good my guess is they're probably going to wait for some of these guys to deliver and they just take them out. Right. Because they, they need to add on to it. Their market cap is quite big. They've got the multiple. It's in their leverage point to take some of these so guys out. So you prefer Osmin? Uh, at these prices, I would still go for Osmin. Right. But the interesting one is you could buy the big boy to get the copper exposure. So you can right. buy BHP um, and Rio to a certain extent, but I think Rio, I think too much of a play in iron ore. I think BHP is probably the more diversified. So you can buy one of the big guys and get the copper exposure. But Osmin's been one of the great plays, and I, I still think they're you know, vastly better managed. Okay. 
This is interesting, actually. The collection of assets here is unusual. They own uh, gold and yeah. copper, um, but they also own a mine called Hera. Now, Hera is an old, passed around lead zinc mine. Yep. It's a big part of the asset base here, but doesn't contribute all that much to production yet. I'm always a bit worried about when you get, when a company picks up an older mine that's been passed around a lot over cycles, yeah. it often tells you it's technically demanding or economically demanding. Um, these guys have done reasonably well with what they have. It's a modest resource, um, very high cost of production, so $1,600 an ounce for gold. Um, yeah. But with well, the prices where they are. said they were getting low, lower uh, grades at Hero, yeah. okay. didn't they? Yeah, well, um, that might explain why this deposit has been proven so difficult to, yeah. to make any money, and that's why it gets passed around. I, I, this is quite risky, in my view. It's a high cost producer. Um, it, yep. The fact that they're sitting on so much cash tells you something about gold prices and also appears to be reasonably well managed. Um, I'm going to say no. Yeah. Uh, look, the way to play resources is to buy what's out of favour and be patient. You don't have to be smart to do this. Um, South 32... I was going to ask you, because yeah. he's a big player on South 32, always has a view. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? It's actually coming up quite interesting on yeah, my model. I've got, we've got we it, like we own it, it um, and yeah. I've got to buy on it. I think yeah. it's an interesting one. Out of the big boys, South 32 is the unloved one. Yes. And it's got zinc is actually doing quite well. There's a few things working for it. It always has a couple running, couple That's struggling. Right. That's right. But they've got a good balance sheet management who's has a track record of getting around landmines. Yeah. Uh, and it's doing okay. And it's mm. grinding up. And I, I think it's an interesting one. That's why I was actually going to mention it. I thought okay. grinding a shorter time, yeah. but that's good. So it's 32. And I'll okay. throw out Illumina as well as an alternative. Yes. All, so. right. Mm. Um, all right. Now, Oscar wants a view on Yoji. Is, it, is that how you pronounce yeah, yeah, yeah. it? Yoji. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in first. Please, I'm I know really nothing about I'm really not sure what it does. Okay, so, <laughs> so it's, it's in blockchain technology, platform. Yes. So it's a logistics company. Right. So it's the last mile. So the big oh. guys bring you to, so it's in Southeast Asia. Obviously, I know if we followed this a bit. Yeah. So they do, the big guys bring you and then they click the ticket on transaction. So that, so someone, they'll, they do the logistics of picking it up, taking it to the factory, from the factory to the uh, the to end the user, and right. then if you've got to bring it back, then they clip the ticket twice. So oh. all those travel, they clip a ticket in each of those locations. Right. Yeah. It's a good yeah. area. Again, there's a few people who have tried this, and it's a tech tech solution. It is yeah. a proper tech logistic play. Um, so there is, a, you know, you look at someone like Wisetech who does oh, the so top yeah. end. Yeah. This is the the last mile right. play. Okay. So it's a smaller version of that. So. Right. There is a play for that. Then they are proving their case in Southeast Asia, and they could be doing more regions, and that's the upside to it. So the market, I mean, they've started to do a few deals with some of the bigger um, distributors. So that's playing into it. Look, I, I, I think it's an interesting one. It's again, people get bored with these smaller caps if they don't keep <laughs> delivering the news, and because it's illiquid. Which is fair enough. Yeah, it's illiquid. We're all ADHD. You know, if you don't put up. Upgrades of 100%. Oh, I'm going to the next one. Yeah. Uh, so in that context, this might run out of steam. It's had a fair amount of decent news, and you've seen a decent run up. Yeah. So if it comes back, it's one to buy and hold. But yeah, you don't want to pay up for it. You wait for the cycle. Right. But okay. this is one where I can see. You know, you know, when we were talking about at the start, can, I can dream about a stock being mm. something. Mm. This could be. I'm not saying it is. Mm -hmm. it, it's still a long way for mm. me to be proven right. that it is. But it has the right thematics that it could be. Okay. So, so it's worthwhile it. to look at. All right. Yeah, I don't have too much to add. I, I'm not familiar yeah. with this at all, but um, 
I'd probably add it to my watch list. Just listening to Nathan yeah. talk about it yeah. sounds interesting. When I had a quick look at it, I saw a big market cap and no revenue. Yes. Uh, makes it hard to buy it's it. Too really, excited. They got too excited um, at the moment, but yeah. uh, it might come off. But look, okay. it's an interesting one. Our final stock uh, from Sharon, HT&D. I was thinking, what does that stand for? It stands for here, there and everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a media and entertainment business. Owns, the everyone would know, the ARN radio network. Mm-hmm. Own that and some outdoor advertising here and also Hong Kong. And Hong Kong, as yeah. Well. I think the most interesting part of this business, they had a 25% stake in a... Um, in a communications business, uh, a competitor to Whisper, in fact. Oh, okay. um, uh, what's the name? Do you remember the name, Nathan? I've, I've got the name of that business. But anyway, it's um, it, they're in 25% stake. That, that looks really interesting. Um, but it's small, they're a non-controlling stake in it. Right. I, I would be hesitant to buy a company just for a tiny stake in something. Yeah. And I wouldn't value that at full value either because it's, a, it's an investment, not really a controlling business. The rest of this business is, is not great. Um, I'm of the view, and this is certainly not, um, I don't even think it's consensus, but in my view, radio has been disrupted already. We're just yeah. waiting to see it in the numbers. Um, the way that uh, conventional media took a long time to reveal its pain in the numbers, but everyone could see it in behavior, yeah. the same thing is happening in radio now. Every single car brand in the world now comes shipped with CarPlay and uh, auto, Android Auto. <laughs> and these things are killing radio. Yeah. Um, I don't think it will die, but it certainly makes it less valuable and the market has rendered its verdict. Yeah. This is a classic value trap. It's always going to look cheap all the way down, but the industry is disrupted. The main profit engine is going to be um, shredded over the years. Yeah. Um, outdoor media, interesting space, um, but if you're interested in that, just, I mean, Ooh media Go just is, is very the, cheap yeah, at the yeah. moment. That's the one I was going to mention. Simply because if you look at the media, the old media, let's not look at new media because that's basically tech. Mm. Um, if you look at the old media, Channel 9 is the biggest gorilla in there. Yeah. Um, Channel 9 is now, I think, they're converting to Stan with Stan Sports coming yeah, out. Yeah. Just um, that's the, interesting. Uh, the rugby union. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Right, right. Let's just copy the Foxtel model. That didn't yeah. work for them either. Um, <laughs> now, I think there's challenges in that. A lot of the media, bigger media ones, especially Channel 9, has run hard yeah. on the back of that. The rest haven't. Uh, and for a reason, they're, they're struggling. And he and Grove's right. I, I don't think HT1 is the one you want to be jumping on. I think O Media is an interesting yeah. one. Because if you think about the leverage, we're talking about Qantas, yeah. the leverage on the opening up, yeah. O-Media is the blatantly obvious one because nobody's out there, nobody's looking at it, nobody's paying for it. Yeah. So it's got nothing and that can leverage up when things open up. It has up. a lot of debt though. Uh, yes, it, has it does. a lot of debt. But right. that's part mm. of the deal, right? Yeah. So you, you're probably not going to jump <coughs> in right now and mm. you wait for the cap raising that's potentially still to come again. Um, yeah. And so when that does clean up a bit, you probably want to look at it. Um, I think the media space is too hard I think it's evolving at the moment. I think especially yeah. in the old media sector, it's still evolving. I think the online uh, presence is taking over and how that settles yeah. and the new equilibrium that the dynamics will settle. I'm not 100% sure who the winner and the losers are. So yeah. it's a bit too hard to punt on something. But I think O-Media potentially has that thematic okay. coming working. I think it's HD1 struggles. All right. Okay. All right. Let's recap the, uh, the final five stocks. Treasury. A no, uh, Deterra, a yes from both uh, Nathan and Gaurav. Um Keep a watch on the management that they don't bugger it up and try and make the business too complex. Uh, really a no, South32 is preferred and Osmin. Uh, Yoji, a watch, 
at the moment. Could be a really interesting business going forward. A no for HT and E O Media is probably a better bet. Uh, Maitland Thomas and Darren from uh, Deep Data Analytics. Good to see you, mate. Nice Thank you. you for that. Gaurav Saidi, always great to have you on from Intelligent Investor. Pleasure. Any specials on Intelligent Investor? Any you know, we good did, stories? Um, we just did a portfolio of contrarian mining ideas. And oh. South 32 is one of them, but oh. there are four others as well. So oh, that's I'll, I'll leave the hanging out. Yeah, yeah. Go along to the website, <laughs> check out all the details. That's uh, our show for today. If you want to suggest any stocks, email them through the call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. A reminder, if you want uh, to look at the calls portfolio, osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. And if you want a wrap up of the day in business and finance in your inbox, 5.30 every afternoon, Daylight saving time, uh, go to osbiz.co slash join. It will be there for you. Now, Startup Daily Show uh, coming up, uh, joined by Kimberly Bolton from uh, Carapac, which was developed a suitable soft plastic alternative using crustaceans. Of course, Startup Daily uh, Show covers all of the new ideas and companies raising or businesses raising startup capital and scale-ups capital. So uh, that's going to be an interesting one, Kimberly Bolton, between 2 and 3 this afternoon. So I'll let a lot ahead on Ausbiz for the rest of the day. Don't go away. A lot more coming up. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.